Welcome to the CASA update for the week of 6-30-2017. My name is Jan Johnson. I'm a board member of CASA, and with me is Alex Clark, the executive director of CASA. How are you this evening, Alex? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So what is new and exciting for us this week? Well, uh, we had a, a couple of uh, pieces of big news. Um, the... Uh, I don't know where to start first. I was going to start with what would be the easiest to talk about, but it, there's more to it than that. So um, I'll just get right into what's kind of complicated, uh, okay. which is um, the uh, language in the agricultural appropriations uh, bill that was uh, voted out of committee uh, okay. this week. Um, this is what you know this is the this ag appropriates bill has been uh -huh. where the cole bishop amendment has been um for like two years now right okay um and uh it has it has existed as an amendment if you remember back to last year yes. um the committee had a, a hearing it was a markup I, I i believe it was markup and the amendment was uh, put in during that committee hearing, voted on and, and kept in the bill. Um, and, and we've been uh, stripped out of, I guess, two budgets by now. Is that right? Yes. I might be, I might, might be getting my years messed up because the, no, I think the, it's been two budgets. Yeah. Yeah. It, it and so either that or I, I'm, I am actually getting confused because, you know, the, the, the fiscal year 2017 budget was just recently approved, what, in April. Um, so, um, yeah, the carryover tends to screw things up a bit. So, okay. um, but what we have now is not, we're not looking at an amendment. We're looking at the base language of the ag approach. No budget bill way yes really yes we wow. are <laughs> um, That's big it is it's it is an advancement but and there's there's always a but there's a catch here yes. um the language this year came with an addition of two words and those words are characterizing flavors oh no yeah. So, and this falls under the same, it, I believe it's kind of the first paragraph of it's section 50, 753 okay. and, um, in, in the Ag bill, it's available online. It's on, it's actually on page 99 of the bill. Okay. Um, and this is the section where previously it was just talking about, uh, directing the FDA to promulgate a rule about battery standards. Okay. Uh, and now that rule the FDA is also being directed to promulgate a rule about characterizing flavors. Oh, no. And these are uh, essentially, you know, there's a couple, there's a few different ways to look at this, maybe just a couple, okay. um, you know, on one hand, and there's a lot of kind of speculation about where this language came <laughs> from. Right. Um, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it, but I had received uh, a call before we came on. Um, there is a strong feeling that someone, someone actually knows where this came from. Um, okay. I'm not going to get into it here. Um, okay. uh, but I, I will say that if it's true, then it's not all bad. Um, so, you know, a couple of different ways to look at this. Number one, this is being offered up as a product standard. Okay. Um, and 
you know, everybody is very concerned about this and rightfully so because the language that they've used here characterizing flavors is the same language that was used in the tobacco control act to ban flavored cigarettes. Um, On the other hand, you can look at this as though it is a potentially kind of a marketing issue. Um, Characterizing flavors means that you're selling your product as, you know, banana cream pie. Okay. But, there's a possibility that if you're just selling it as Joe Blow's vape number two, okay. then you're not really talking about characterizing, you're not marketing it as a banana cream pie. You're marketing See, it always, as item number right. two. See, I always thought we would end up with something like in the old days, uh, Cherry Vape used to sell just a bottle of pre-mixed plain liquid. And then mm-hmm. you would get your flavor with it. I was kind of thought, and you would dump the two together. I always thought that would be what we would end up with eventually here in America. Um, possible loophole. And I mean, hopefully we don't get to that point. Um, right. You know, that's, that, that kind of sucks, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so there's, there's still some debate over whether or not I, I, I well, I, I don't know if we're talking about debate or more just investigation into sure. what does, characterizing flavors actually mean the other kind of perspective on this is that because it's characterizing flavors it's it limits the scope of the rule here if they had just said flavored e-liquid right that's everything right Um, of course on the other side you can also argue that characterizing you know all e-liquid is basically characterizing flavors a tobacco flavor is a characterizing flavor um so not a lot of clarity right. it's <laughs> going into this. Um, but, you know, I, I will say, and, and, and other people have sort of jumped the gun on this and said, you know, this is an all-out ban. What they're proposing is a ban on flavors. Um, that's no. not entirely accurate. And, I mean, certainly the potential is there. The potential has been there oh, yeah. uh, since the FDA finalized the rule. You know, right. And is just like with batteries. I mean, you know, you know, we had, had argued, you know, when, when the Cole Bishop amendment was first, you know, brought to, to light, you know, we looked at it and we said, well, wait a second, why are we handing, handing over battery standards? Right. You know, arguably FDA should not have authority over these, these batteries. Mm -hmm. This, this opens up a whole new can of worms and potential for FDA to ban devices, Mm -hmm. um, which that, language was was fixed and that you know manufacturer who comes into compliance with battery standards doesn't have to go through the pmta process in order to you know update their their device right um, so uh you know at least that was that kink was kind of worked out mm-hmm. um so uh with this however you can't really argue that fda doesn't have the authority to regulate the constituent ingredients of an e-liquid they do they they, you know this was something that um you know we got lucky we're not really lucky but at least we had a sympathetic uh i i get i I forget i get confused as to who made the final decision on this omb or oira Um, but the original deeming rule did have language about banning flavored e-liquid yeah and essentially the white house a hostile White House, mind yeah. you, took that language out. Mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, you know, it, it sort of remains to be seen, you know, now we have a white house who is remarkably more sympathetic to our cause. Um, you know, we have an HHS, uh, secretary who is at least understanding of this. And I had -hmm. just heard, I watched, uh, Gregory Connolly speaking at the, uh, American enterprise Institute, um, Okay. I saw, I watched the video uh, mm-hmm. and he, he, he is, is keen to point out that uh, secretary Tom Price, formerly Senator Tom Price voted against the tobacco control act wisely. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we do have some likely or potential or, you know, actual allies uh, in the administration this time around. So, um, you know, whereas language like this may have been doubly concerning you know, during the Obama administration, mm-hmm. um, it may not be as bad as people think it is now. Um, and, you know, not to mention, you know, if this stays in, we're still talking about predicate date change. And, you know, we're, we're talking about, th- this is more stuff that gives FDA the ability to delay right. deadlines. Um, right. it, this, this, this still, you know, potentially throws, throws a spanner in the mix. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, it, it's, you know, um, Something I, to watch I, out for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, I, what I'm comfortable saying about it right now is that we are monitoring this We're you know, we're, okay. we're, we're looking for more feedback from several, several other people I know. Um, you know, uh, another association, I think uh, is going to be commenting on this soon. Um, and, you know, other people's lawyers are looking at this and, and giving, you know, detailed feedback. And so okay. we're kind of waiting for that to come out. And, and to be perfectly honest, there is no, there really is no benefit to jumping the gun on this and, and coming out and taking a position. I know that as soon as this was released and people had an opportunity to read it, there were posts flying up on Facebook saying, you know, this is bad. You know, we had, we're, we're done. We're not with the appropriations pathway. Isn't going to work anymore or something like that. So um, they don't know though. You don't yeah, know. It, it, it's not necessarily true. And um, you know, I, I think the, you know, the, the wise course here is to wait for some more information. Um, and then the other little comment that I had written down in my notes here is that, you know, so this is still, if this passes, it, it directs FDA to promulgate this rule within 21 months. I believe it's 20. For some reason, I also think it's 36. It doesn't really matter. 21 okay. months. Um, and have, have we, have we known FDA to actually, <laughs> actually hit a deadline in no the, for anything? I mean, unless they're trying to fast track a drug, right. um, FDA tends to blow their deadlines by, by wide margins. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, so this could be, a way to fight another day, live to fight another day. Yeah. We could still be talking about a viable, uh, um, uh, not a solution, but it's a, it's a delaying tactic. It, it, it goes to the delay. It, it also perhaps, you know, provides opportunities in, in other areas that maybe this, this provides another legislative option. Maybe this provides an opportunity for the administration to, um, you know, make a decision. Um, okay. You know, this is, this could be a, I, I don't want to say good thing, but it just, it, it could still be, you know, what we've been working toward. Right. Um, so, 
anyway, I'll bring it all back to, you know, this is, we're not, this is not in any way a, 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 an explicit CASA support right. for, for this. And it's not opposition either. We're still, we're still waiting for more details on this and some more clarification. But um, I, I think it is important at least to present, you know, our members with, mm-hmm. um you know, the various perspectives on this and, and, sure. and, and think about the different ways this could go. Um, so, yeah. So it's more of a watch this space kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Watch this space. We'll have some more details, hopefully next week. Okay. Um, I was, I was hoping to get some more insight today. Uh, I got a little bit, but not, uh, not all of it. So okay. um, yeah, we'll come back to that. Well, I mean, you know what? It, it moved out of being, Wow. That, that's amazing that it's actually part of the language of the bill and it's no longer an add-on. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how much protection that offers us right. from getting stripped out at oh, the yeah. end. Um, I mean, it still is kind of a rider. I, you know, I understand that it's a rider, but I can also understand, and I know this sounds terrible, but a lot of the people who are out to ban this stuff... Um, politically um, are all concerned about the children and and flavors and and this might be a a way to placate them to keep it in. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that is kind of the thought. I I mean, you know, when, you know, people have looked at this, looked at the pattern of, of, you know, having this language in there and then it gets stripped out and whatever. And, you know, the idea is, well, we keep losing and, you know, the, the, the next logical thing is to, to change the language a bit. And maybe we have to offer something more. I, I, we don't know. Um, and and so, you know, there's a couple of things that, that haven't been really offered up yet and arguably should not be offered up. I mean, we should not be talking about banning flavors. Oh, I agree. We should, should, however, be talking about, you know, product standards for flavors. You know, if this is something where we're looking at, um, you know, and and we'll get into this again uh, Mm -hmm. with with another common opportunity for FDA. If, If we're talking about identifying potentially harmful or, you know, harmful constituents sure and you know the agency looks at it and says okay you know this particular product or the you know this this particular ingredient right. is unnecessarily harmful to the user and sure, so it has you know, diacetyl in it or what we, have we, you yeah you know, we're going to establish a threshold or we're going to ban the use of this this ingredient altogether sure and you know the industry has taken care of that in the past i wasn't around i would that was it was before my time but you know <laughs> i understand that people were doing goofy things like coloring liquids and putting oh, other okay. things like the milky whatever and you were uh, around before unicorn milk i i don't Are know you you were you were around before unicorn milk alex i think I just, just i think it just wasn't something that um you caught a whole lot of because you do a lot of the legislative and, and less of the gossipy stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I have to, I have to say I bought some unicorn something one time mm-hmm. and it would, you know, a, so unicorns taste like straw, like everything that comes out of the orifice of a unicorn <laughs> tastes like strawberries. And I don't like strawberry vapor. I just don't, it's not, I, no, it's it just not appealing taste, to me. Right. No, I, I get I, you. I love, I love strawberries. I'll eat strawberries all day long. 
mm-hmm. but I don't want to vape it. Same thing in actually in blueberries. I don't, I don't like eating I, blueberries. I don't like vaping blueberries. I love anything blueberry. Um, I hate strawberry. I I hate apple with a passion. Just throwing that out there. So I'm with you. I, I get that. Everybody's got a dislike. All of this, of course, to add to the continued argument that we need a variety of flavors to appeal to a, a broad a group of people. Yeah. Because, you know, here we are disagreeing on what's delicious. And, yeah. and I will tell you, so <laughs> I, I perhaps I don't know about the unicorn milk because I'm just not interested in unicorn fluid. Titanium dioxide in, in e-liquid? Was that what made it milky? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I heard about that. Right. And I was, yeah, so... Um, so yeah, you know, the industry looked at that and, and said, yeah, we don't need to put this in our, in our liquid. And, right. and I don't know if anybody does anymore. Um, they certainly don't need the FDA to tell them that that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, and the consumer, you know, at this point should be educated enough that they look at that and they say, I don't really want to vape that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So if we're talking about product standards that, that, that deal with those issues, right that's a lot more constructive than dealing with the types of flavors. Sure. You know, I mean, who is going to be the arbiter of what is an appealing flavor to a young person? Well, you know, in the, <laughs> in the mind of a tobacco controller, that's anything other than tobacco. Yeah. Um, that's very true. I wonder if so, they would consider plain e-liquid as like appealing to children. I don't think they understand what it is. Like I, well, I, <laughs> I I have vaped just straight you know unflavored PG yeah. and nicotine, and I know that that has a sweet flavor to it. Right, and that's that's it. It's just sweet, just basic sweet. Nothing, nothing great about it. Yeah, nothing, nothing appealing. I, I think. And and then you know if they're if they're talking about only putting uh, NETs on the market, um, <sighs> I, I mean. I, people will just go back to smoking. <laughs> I yeah, they will. No, I, I agree with you. They and, and, will. I don't want to dog people. That I, I'm not a dig on people who who use and uh, who use and enjoy NETs, um, but it, it is an acquired taste, and it's mm-hmm. it's not something that I have worked very hard at enjoying. I, I've had a couple that I enjoyed briefly, right. um, but uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole new ball of wax there. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. So, anyway, mm-hmm. those are several perspectives on the new language in the agricultural appropriations bill, and um, and we'll come back to that uh, next week. Okay. And see if we got any developments. Um, so, speaking of FDA, uh, okay. might as well get this out there. Um, there is currently a proposed rule on tobacco product standards, uh, and this applies to smokeless tobacco. And the FDA is proposing a very low standard for uh, NNA, NNN and NNK, which is what nor-nicotine uh, nitrosamines, right. something like that. It's two different types of nit- nitrosamines, yeah. if I understand it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and these have been... Uh, I, I believe linked to causing cancer. Um, but again, this is one of those um, alkaloids. It's an alkaloid, right? Right. Mm-hmm. In, in tobacco that 
you know, really we're talking again here about the dose makes the poison. So there are sort of acceptable thresholds here, but um, the, the threshold that the FDA is proposing is ridiculously low. I think there is like maybe uh, from what I understand, one or two Swedish snooze products um, that actually meet this threshold and Swedish snooze is already very low nitrosamine modern mm-hmm. american smokeless tobacco is lower nitrosamine than you know previous iterations of of, of uh american moist snuff right um and uh so yeah essentially you know this is another one of those sort of de facto bans uh right. this this standard if adopted would wipe out the smokeless market in the united mm-hmm. states because it is it's so low and you know some of the arguments going into this are that you know it, it's very difficult to to meet this standard because the nitro it, it, i guess it's based on uh, whatever the measurement is um uh dry weight right uh, parts per million dry weight, something like that. Um, okay. You know, there are several, there are environmental factors that, that, uh, that change that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in storage and production, wherever you are mm-hmm. in the process. Uh, so getting that measurement, it will change. Okay. Um, and also it's just, it, it's, it's sort of unnecessarily low. It, the, 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 the levels of these things do not need to be that low in order to reduce the risk of an already reduced risk product. Um, And so um, you can comment that on regulations.gov. I I dropped the link in our chat. So that'll be linked in the description, in the notes for the show. Um, And um, I I actually looked at a few of the comments and they're, they're, they are as brief as one sentence saying, you know, you guys need to knock it off. Um, so, um, when we'll, yeah. we'll put out, we'll put out something early next week. The deadline is July 10th. Okay. Um, I suspect, uh, hopefully we can, we can gather up a lot of comments in a few days. Okay. Um, and, uh, but uh, there's already like 5,700 comments on there. Um, cool. most, most I suspect are like, you know, please don't take smokeless tobacco away from me. Um, right. which is, which is fine. Um, and, you know, for, for people who vape, I, I, I think we need to kind of, since we were talking about product standards for flavors, um, you know, this is, again, this is an example of, of, of product standards here, what the FDA is doing. And, um, you know, even if you vape and, and don't use smokeless tobacco, um, this, this should be of interest to you because this is the type of thing that FDA can do. Um, once they've assumed full authority of these products is they could, they could very easily identify a, a an ingredient that's linked to cancer and force the industry to um, either not use that product or, you know, use such a low threshold um, that, uh, you know, it, it, it start taking products off the market. Sure, um, sure. And, and so, um, this is something that the vaping community should pay attention to as well, and um, perhaps offer your own your own comments on this, whether you use smokeless tobacco or not. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. This is sort of another example of excessive regulation coming from FDA. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, this was this was the rule that was um, this was published on like uh, January twentieth or January twenty yes. first, uh-huh. and so it was kind of caught up in that initial. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure if it, it fits into that kind of um, for every regulation, sub, every regulation approved, there has to be two that, that it takes care of. Right. Um, and this also, I don't know if this, I think this was caught up in that initial, this was put on, this was delayed oh, for yeah. a, while, yeah. a month or two, something like that. So um, yeah. anyway, here we are back at the due date. Well, I mean, with, with regulating NNK and, 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 NA, um, don't we run into the risk of that there could be, well, I mean, there's probably going to be unintended consequences. I mean, when I say that, I'm you're talking about the actual chemistry of the actual leaf. I mean, there could be bad side effects from that. They don't really know what they're pulling out, how it's going to affect the whole. Well, I mean, from what I understand, and, and I think it depends on the type of, I mean, it, it, it all sort of starts with the tobacco that you're using. I know that the the Kentucky Kentucky dark tobacco growers are oh, yeah. the ones specifically, um, I think, that would be disproportionately affected by this. Sure. Um, apparently, that dark tobacco that's used for smokeless products, um, it is it, it, yeah. it must have a, a higher nitrosamine content. I don't know. I don't know the details okay. of it. Um, but so, it, you know, it, 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 it starts, you know, at, in the ground. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I kind of see, you know, so, I mean, somehow the Swedish snus is able to achieve this standard, some, some snus products. Um, right. so it, it's, and there's a lot of data on snus. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, snus is processed differently. It's, it's, pasteurized. It, it's, it's a completely, it's, it's a, it's a different product it, well um, it's treated like a food in sweden yeah. like it, it's it's regulated by food standards and it has to meet certain food safety standards and you can eat it so i mean you That's don't want to live off oh, of it you don't want to no. eat it you don't want to eat it for lunch but um <laughs> yeah yeah so uh yeah i i uh uh, it'll be curious to look more into this, and and we have several comments to kind of look at. We're we're submitting a comment as well, um, okay. and so we have several things to review. So hopefully, I know a little bit more about this as we work on our comment. I'm not the science guy, so I'm not I'm not working on the meat and bones of this, um, but uh, yeah. Um, so that is an interesting thing for everybody to look into. Um, so now we've thoroughly covered the federal stuff. Um, okay. I, I would say actually, since we mentioned the uh, American Enterprise Institute, I'm going to be including a link to this in our newsletter. Okay. Um, but it was, a, it's about an hour and a half. It's on YouTube. Um, Sally Sattel, Gregory Conley, um, Saul Schiffman, Azim Chowhardry, And uh, ah, I feel bad for the guy that was sitting next to Greg because I don't remember his name. Um, I'm, but I'm surprised. I'm impressed you get uh, Isam's name right. I I can't. <laughs> I I'm I'm pretty sure I messed it up. Actually, he he said chowdery. So okay. Um, so there there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot one name and I screwed up another. Um, but it's a good it's a good panel discussion, um, and I recommend everybody check it out. It's about um, the 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 title of it is. Uh, uh, sensible regulation of e-cigarettes, opportunities for reform. And you can okay. find that on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so moving right along, right. Um, San Francisco 
officially passed their flavor ban this week. Um, was that this week? I thought it was last week we talked was that, about it. Was, that, was it last week? It was a surprise. Yeah, it was during the first meeting because usually they go through multiple meetings before they they agree to pass okay, an you know, ordinance like that. So what it was, was they moved to uh, uh, approve the ordinance on the first reading, uh, but it still had to come back for a second reading and be officially voted on. Okay. Um, and there was... Uh, that's what happened. It was it was done rather quickly. There was no uh, there was no break for public comment. Uh, it was just you know approved, um, and so uh, that was the last step before sending it on to the mayor. The mayor uh, has indicated that he will sign it, um, and it was originally thought that he would sign it basically the day after it was passed, but that hasn't right. happened yet. So. He may wait until I believe after the July Fourth holiday, okay. um, and it's my understanding uh, that you know basically he's going to milk this for all the PR that he can get out of it. Um, so that's that, and, and I I, I want to emphasize this without giving away any massive details. Two things: number one, this is not the end of this, uh, and people should should be very aware that this this ordinance does not go into effect until April of 2018. Okay. So there is time. Mm -hmm. The second thing that everybody in San Francisco who vapes needs to do is make sure they're registered to vote. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about it now, but those are two very important things to remember. And you will be hearing more about that in the probably next week or so. Um, so hopefully I have something more concrete to, um, give you next week are we still here yeah no we're we're still here as far okay. as i know we're still here i'm i'm just i'm quiet i was reading something in the chat cool um somebody in the chat said stefan and i were there in san francisco and it lasted 30 seconds after an hour drive yeah yeah um i wasn't it, i wasn't quite sure that they would i mean there 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 was a public comment section uh, right. But it, but the, the 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 opportunity for public comment was scheduled after all of these bills were were sort of approved. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it's that's just kind of a standard city hall thing, and and uh, I'm not quite sure you know how. Anyway, um, okay. So uh, while we're in the <laughs> great state of California, um, the. Uh, for anybody who's who's not aware, uh, the Prop 56 tax that the voters authorized uh, mm -hmm. goes into effect, I believe, Saturday, July 1st. Oh wow! Um, so That's if you're listening, if you're listening to this live, uh, that would be tomorrow. If you're listening to this on recording, it's today. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Saturday, July 1st, the California tax takes effect. And that is a 65.08% wholesale tax. Crazy. Yeah. The only, the only saving grace here is that there was no floor tax included um, for, for vapor. Okay. Uh, and if you are a retailer in California, uh, there are resources and guidance available at boe.ca.gov. Um, and I know I'll, I'll put more substantial links in our um, in our show notes um, 
and I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you if you are not, I, I, I and I wouldn't be surprised if most of California retailers don't know that this is happening, um, because most California retailers, as far as I know, were not raising enough of a stink about this when it was a ballot initiative, right? And I don't know why no one in San Francisco, except for one retailer, seems to care that they're getting their flavors taken away from them. So. Um, you know, people have told me the trick to engage in California is to get an Instagram account. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't used, I, I'm not very good at Instagram, so I, I maybe I, maybe, I it, think I, maybe it's our fault for not using Instagram. I don't know. Maybe, but I doubt it. I mean, I, I think I always called it that magical picture thing. A lot of this stuff requires a lot of reading. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not hard, honestly, to boil this issue down to, you know, hey, San Francisco, they're going to take your flavors away. Right. Um, but, you know, you still have to, there's still a lot more that goes into convincing somebody that that's a real issue. And there are, there are many more words that go into that. And, you know, I mean, for example, people still have, and I go into this in, in, our, in our newsletter, which is coming out in the next okay. probably 24 hours or so. Um, but, you know, for example, you know, this, this ordinance passes in San Francisco and you, you have a, a, a group out there actually threatening to sue the city and their, their lawsuit is based on the, the theory that this is preempted by federal law. Well, okay. it's not, <laughs> it's not preempted by federal law. States are states, first of all, are, are well within their authority to set uh, regulations restrictions on how tobacco products are sold sure. and, and the key word there is sold um, mm -hmm. they they can raise the age to purchase they can ban flavors they can ban sales of tobacco products in pharmacies they can ban sales of tobacco products in 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 retail locations that are not tobacco only establishments yeah they can ban them that are anywhere within hundreds of feet of a school Yep, they can set yeah. the, the the proximity um, yeah. limits. Um, they have regulations over vending machines, et cetera, et cetera. And in California, actually, the only preemption that the state has over local governments is that local governments can't um, set regulations uh, regarding vending machines. The state okay. has preemption over that. Everything else municipalities can do on their own. That's why in California and Massachusetts and New Jersey and other places, you see municipalities making laws about minimum legal purchase age, indoor bans, outdoor bans and the proximity of stuff. Uh, arguably, I mean, well, obviously uh, place bans are not a sales issue, but still, that is not preempted by the, the, the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. So, sure. um, so people don't really understand the threat here, and in the simple fact that, that some people don't understand that the city of San Francisco is well within their authority to ban flavored tobacco and nicotine products. Sure. Um, it's not moral, but they're well within their rights, um, and. Uh, and yeah, and a lot of people are still, I think, subscribing to the notion that, well, they're never going to do that, man. This thing is so great. Like, why would you take this life-saving product away from people? 
Um, and the simple answer is that they, they don't, they don't care about you, you as a smoker, as a former smoker, as someone who can currently enjoys nicotine, you're damaged goods. We're all damaged goods. The focus is on protecting the children. If we can yeah. prevent them from becoming broken people, then that's where the, that's where the policies should focus. Well, I, I subscribe to the Dick Puddlecoat theory. It was never about health. Yeah. That's just where I sit on that. Yeah, so. um, yeah but we, we can get into the money argument as, yeah. as well. You know, the, the state isn't making, well, I mean, well, California will, but right. <laughs> <laughs> typically states are not making any money off of products that are not taxed like tobacco. I mean, they make sales tax. They make all kinds of other taxes from the businesses that are selling them, right. but uh, they're not making tobacco money. And that, that big tobacco money is what you really want. Yeah. Um, especially when you don't know how to balance your state's checkbook. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, this we, I'm, we've, we've beat this to death. If you're listening to this for the first time, um, I, I strongly urge you to check out, uh, oh, what was it? E-cigarette politics. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great site to really, you know, get a, a pretty well-rounded and, and easy to digest perspective on why, um, you know, so, so at least the, the financial motivation for um, restricting access to vapor products. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, California. Yeah. Yeah. So, Again, several reasons why people may not be engaged on this, and um, hopefully we can kind of break through that. I, I, I don't like to subscribe to apathy being right. the reason. I, I just think that you know. I think people you, you are kind of busy with their lives. You know, people are busy with their lives. People don't pick up a vapor product and and automatically say, "I'm going to fight to the death for this." No, it's it just that is not an automatic response. No. Um, and, and so, you know, it's understandable, but, um, you know, at some people, I, I think there's a, an awful lot of disbelief about this and, um, yeah, it, breaking through that is, is kind of difficult. So we'll see, see what we can do. Um, so that's California. Uh, there are other flavor bands, obviously, in California. Um, they're they're sort of coming back around, starting, I believe, this week. I don't have a, a detailed list in front of me, um, but I will be updating that. Uh, I'm I'm sure soon. Um, the other flavor bands in the Bay Area actually have an exemption for, um, you know, retail, especially tobacco shops, um, which would include a vapor shop. Um, which is, you know, it, it, that's, it's better than nothing, uh, I yeah. guess. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, if, if someone can, can see, you know, when I first saw a vapor product, it was, it, it came in tobacco or menthol. And that's what I saw at the, at the gas station, you know, where I bought my cigarettes and I decided to try it. Uh, actually it was mint. Right. So, you know, and mint Mint, not menthol, would would be caught up in some of these flavor bands, depending on how they've written the language. So, um, you know, it, it's still a good thing that that at least in other municipalities, um, you know, people will see these products at the gas station or convenience store. They go to buy their cigarettes, right. um, and possibly even in San Francisco, um, but there will just won't be any vape shops for them to go to to get their expert instruction and find find some fellowship among among vapors there 
Um, so anyway, more to come on the Bay Area flavor bands. Sure. Stay tuned. Um, yes. And and be aware of the taxes coming to effect this weekend. Um, really quickly, um, the uh, the next place that's kind of blowing up uh, mm-hmm. for Tobacco 21 is Minnesota. Yes. And uh, there seems to be kind of a working list here. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to work with this list. Um, and then the person who, who put this up, get this more public. But um, there are... Sp- city council and committee hearings starting uh, this coming week, uh, starting on July 5th. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to mess up this name, but Frazee, Frazee, Minnesota is looking at a a tobacco 21 bill. Um, July 10th, there's a couple more Detroit lakes, North Mankato, um, uh, Detroit lakes again on the 11th, Uh, St. Louis park, which is something that, uh, I had posted about this is a flavor ban. Yes. Um, and if I remember correctly, um, this bans flavored products in gas stations and convenience stores, but still allows specialty shops to carry them. Uh, okay. I will have to look into that, but I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, this Minneapolis is looking at menthol min flavors. Yeah. Um, again, with the specialty shop exemption. Uh, and then several other cities. So uh, if you're in Minnesota, be aware they're coming for you. They're coming for your vapes. Um, and uh, I know that uh, someone is on top of that. So um, be prepared to see some posts. You know, maybe maybe that needs to be your slogan. They're coming for your vapes. They're coming for your vapes. Well, you know, people get kind of uh, like message message deaf to it or like that people become numb to those messages. And, and it's like, you know, we've been beating this drum for years now. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, how, how many years did Kasa, I mean, from its inception, Kasa was saying the FDA is coming for you. Yeah. And, well, you know, even in 2016, when the regulations were on the table, <laughs> people were still like, nah, man, they won't do it. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's no silver bullet here. No, there is no silver bullet. I'm just saying, it, maybe the message just needs to be simple. Yeah, they're coming for your vapes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after all of that doom and gloom, um, yes. I, I am happy to. Uh, I'm not the one breaking this news, but uh, fittingly, it came from the Ohio Vapor. Technology Association or OHVTA Um, and uh, James Jarvis, who I forget his role in the organization, uh, director, head honcho, whatever, um, put up a really long post uh, and expressing a lot of gratitude towards, um, you know, CASA and some some other people who were were helpful. Um, But I have to say that uh, the Ohio VTA folks really carried the water on this. Um, I remember following their posts throughout the past couple of months. They have been um, back and forth to Columbus for, you know, every, it seems like every week, um, talking with lawmakers, educating them about vapor products, uh, making friends, right. and, uh, and, and really 
really just being on top of this. Um, So they managed to keep taxes out of Ohio's budget this year again. Awesome. Um, So that was good. Uh, They got news this week that all vapor language was uh, left out of the budget. And so for this year, for this year at least, um, vapor products will not be taxed in Ohio. Um, I should, before saying that, I really should check and make sure that the session is where, where the session ends. Um, because, you know, I say that now, and it, I mean, typically something with taxation, depending on the state, it does have to go through the budget process. Sure. Um, so at least for now, the good news is number one, the really good news is that the people who are working their asses off in Ohio are developing these really important relationships with lawmakers. And so whenever an issue about this comes up, they're going to have that connection, which is great. The other good news is that at least the, the tempered good news is that vapor taxes are not in the Ohio budget. So excellent. Excellent. Wonderful Good. news. Congratulations to everybody in Ohio who did most, I mean, the, the lion's share of the work on this. Yes. Um, and I mean, thank you for including Kassa in your thank you note. But to be perfectly honest, you guys get like 99% of the credit. So Excellent. awesome job. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really does your heart good to see something good come of that. Yeah all their hard work so bravo them yeah so i think that's it for me for this week okay and we will see you next friday have a great week likewise thank you um you (laughs) you can get casa updates by going to casa.org and there should be an area on the bottom that says podcast. You should be able to click and pick up the RSS feed. Um, you can get CASA updates by going to SoundCloud and searching CASA Media. You can also get our CASA podcast updates by going to the Apple iTunes podcast store. <laughs> so quite a mouthful. And searching CASA Media and setting that to import into your podcast manager and it will update you and let you know when we have a new episode available so you will always know exactly what we're doing thank you for listening